If you're not eating your manna, you're starving. If you're not eating the Word of God, you're starving your spirit. If the people of God don't know the Word of God, we're beginning robbed blindly. If we're not eating that food, the Spirit of God wants to activate your faith, but without the Word, what can He draw upon? And so we have got to be a people of the Word. Some of us watch more TV than we do the Word of God. Some of you know more about the news today than you do about the the good news of Jesus Christ. And this is to your detriment. And collectively, the body of Christ, we can do all sorts of studies and know information, but not know the heart of Christ. So we have got to get reacquainted with the Word of God. We've got to trust the Word of God and all that it says and understand that that is what reality is. Most of what we're seeing around us is fake. So we've got to trust the Word of God. And tonight I just want to encourage you in that and just we're going to have a discussion tonight. We're going to walk through some of these scriptures and, uh, and build your faith up to trust the Word of God. The next couple of weeks we'll get into how we can have confidence in the Word of God, the Scripture that we have, how to study it, how to rightly divide the Word of God, so that you would again gain confidence and begin reading daily. Every believer should be reading daily the Word of God. Amen? And there's more to just reading it, but digging into it with your heart and soul. So let's go over some of these Scriptures in God's Word. I'm going to start with this, what God promises concerning His Word in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. He's talking to Jeremiah and he shows him a vision of an almond branch. And an almond branch is in Israel the first uh, flower that buds in the spring. And so the almond branch is often uh, joined to the concept of a first fruit or a promise. And so God asked Jeremiah, what do you see? And he says, well, I see an almond blossom. I see an almond branch with blossoms, which again is that spring flower is the hope of what is to come for the harvest that year and for everything that God's going to do. And God says, you're right, you're correct. It is an almond branch. And he says this, for I am watching over my word to perform it. I'm watching over my word to perform it. What do you think that means? What does that mean to you? What do you you think God's trying to say with that? Say that. Honoring His Word. Good. What does that mean to honor something? He won't lie. If He said it, He's watching over whoever would trust His Word. He's watching whoever would plant the seed of his word, whoever would hold on to his word by faith. He's watching over it to do what? Perform it. In other words, to do what it says it will do. In fact, Romans chapter 4, verse 21, Abraham believed, he was fully persuaded, it says, that God was able to do what he said he would do. Romans 4.21, Abraham was fully persuaded. Now, what fully persuaded Abraham? Was it the pastor that he 
listened to on the radio? Was it the church that he attended? What church did Abraham attend? There was no other believers on the planet. So who persuaded Abraham? The Lord. The Lord is patient with all of us to persuade us to trust his word. We had that, that word of prophecy tonight. God will persuade you to trust him. Most of us have the concept that if we don't trust him, he walks away from us saying, I'm so sick of these people. But he's the one persuading us, convincing us, encouraging us, edifying us. Unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or imagine, above what we're asking or what we could even imagine. God is working above and beyond what we can comprehend. And that's what Chris was saying, that when we're praying in tongues, our mind is unfruitful, but you've got to understand you're praying the will of God. Things are happening and being released. You may not see it. You may not understand it. But you have to have confidence that God is watching over his word to perform it. God is watching over Christ Community Church this Wednesday night on this corner in the city of Roseville to watch what is going to be released by the church, his ambassadors in the earth, what is being released, what is being spoken of his word so he can send out fiery angels, right? The servants of God. He can send them out to perform what we have called forth his word to do. He called us to be stewards of this word. He called us to release these promises in the earth. We're his mouthpiece. He, he's given us words to speak and promises to declare. And so as we declare them and decree them with the counsel of God, God is releasing agents and ministry to be performed as he's watching over his word. Did anybody pray for somebody tonight? Did you pray for somebody tonight? I would have to believe that God is releasing ministry to those people you've been praying for. Because God said, I'm watching over my word to perform it. See, he says, I'm watching over whose word? His word. Let's get that right. Not my wants and desires. You know, people take and twist scripture. All things work together for my good. It's not about your good. To those who are called according to his purposes. He's watching over his word, not our opinions. His word, not over our fleshly or emotional desires. That's why sometimes we're praying for certain things we don't see the answers. Because God's doing something above and beyond what you're requesting. And he will never violate his word. Okay, so, hey, I'm watching over my word to perform it. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Let's take a look at this scripture. The secret things, or hidden things, belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children for how long? Forever. That we may do all the words of this law. This verse says that whatsoever God has revealed in His Word, whatever He has spoken, who does it now belong to? Us. 
the secret things, the hidden things that he has not released yet, that he has not spoken, those are his. Okay? And, and we can't know those things. Do you think there's enough here for us to work with? Yeah, there's enough here. The secret things belong to the Lord, but those things that are revealed belong to us. We possess them, we own them, and to our children. So I would ask you, are there verses that you're holding on to? Are there revealed things that God has said that you need to persevere in and hold fast? Because God, you said in your word, Sometimes we feel forsaken and alone from God. But I'll stand on the Word and say, He said He'd never leave me nor forsake me. And so I have to argue against my flesh and my emotional condition. Anybody ever do that? Daily. Right? How many times we come against and resist what we know are promises in the Word of God. You said you'd do this. You said you'd do that. But we've got to hold fast to them for the timing is everything. If He revealed it to you, it belongs to you. So hold fast. Don't let it get robbed from you by the devil. So we've got God watching over His Word to perform it. Whatever He has released through the Word of God as revelation, you own. It is yours. And now we've got to work with that. 2 Timothy 3.16. Some scripture. Oh, sorry. All scripture. Right? All the things revealed. We saw that verse right ahead of it. All scripture is breathed out by God. Let's stop right there. What does that mean? If there was just some way we could explain his word being tangible, if, if there was some way we could see his word and we could relate to his word. Come on. <laughs> that one. So that word is whom? Jesus. It's not just a breath. It is the person of God who embodied himself and walked among us. His word became flesh and tabernacled or lived among us and then gave himself for us. And now that same breath, that ruach, that breath of life is put where? In us. That word of life, that spirit of God is now in us, creating and manifesting the will of God so that we would impart it into this world. We do not, we can't even imagine, you need to contemplate what salvation is. It is so much more than I'm saved, my sins are forgiven, and someday I'm going to go to heaven. That is so Below 
the magnitude of what it means to be saved. God put his word in you. He put his spirit in you so that living word would come out of you like rivers of living water and begin to water this earth and speak to other people and bring life to darkness and light. And you possess that. Now he says this is what the value of the scripture that's breathed out by God, the word of God. It is profitable for what? Teaching. What does that mean? What does it mean to teach? Educate. Say. Expound. Educate. Impart. Instruct. Say that again. Enlighten. Oh, I like that word. To bring light in darkness. Are you teaching? Are you imparting light? Are you expressing revelation of God? And you know what? You can do that. It doesn't have to be churchy language. You don't have to speak in King James. You don't even have to quote Scripture verbatim, but speak the truth of it. And bear this life. So this, this word breathed out by God is now dwelling in us. And it is profitable. What does profitable mean? Return on your investment brings gain. God said in Isaiah that my word will not return void unto me, but it will perform all that it was sent out to do. How many of you are sending out word? Revelation. Amen. He says it's profitable for teaching, profitable for reproof. What in the world is reproof? Correction. correction. All right. Do you think there needs to be some correction in the thinking of our world? Yes. Yeah, there really needs to be a lot of correction. But if we correct them, they're not going to like us. And the most important thing is that everybody likes us. <laughs> right? Who doesn't want to be liked? But the truth, first of all, may hurt. It may expose darkness or error. But reproof, we can do this, and the Bible always tells us that we're to do it in love. How many of you remember when the Word of God reproved you? How many remember when you found out you were dead wrong? God was right. Right? Sometimes it hurts your feelings. Those feelings need to be more than hurt. They need to be crucified. Reproof. But we have to do this in love, and that's what God is doing. Right? He goes on, it's also profitable for correction. Reproof is a calling out what is wrong, a calling out. Right? Now, we've got to go against a mainstream media right now that is reproving us for what we say is true. Should we back off or should we say, no, this is correct, that is not true. Okay? And there's so many things we could talk about for that. But for what is reproof, also correction, and for training in righteousness. What is training? Instructing? 
Say that again. Building up. How many of you, uh, when you first started exercising and going to the gym, (laughs) how many of you, the first week you started going to the gym, you were bench pressing, you were buff, you were all fit? No. In fact, most of us gave up on that a long time ago. (laughs) Same with righteousness. We need to have the Word of God because what is it going to do? Train us in righteousness. You are positionally right with God. As soon as you accept Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus sanctifies you, puts the Spirit of God in you, and you are in a right relationship with God immediately. The problem is we're not walking to the position we're in. We've got to be trained by the renewing of our minds how to walk in righteousness. How to stop gratifying the flesh and sowing to the Spirit. That's training. How many of you have been trained in righteousness? How many of you are being trained in righteousness? Okay, so the more you read the Word, what is it going to do? Build us up, teach us, train us, reproof us, correct us. All that stuff that it said it's doing, it's doing to you. It's correcting you. It's, it's teaching you. It's building you up. It's training you in right relationship, walking with God. That's why we've got to stay in the Word of God. I mean, do you really think you arrived? Should I ask your wife? Your cousin? Your kids? We can't stop studying this Word because the minute we stop studying it, God is trying to train us for so much more. How many of you pray, oh God, uh, I want to be used by you. I want to be, uh, do more for you. Come to the gym. He's training us in righteousness. He's, he's reproofing us. He's correcting us. In fact, Psalm 119, verse 11, David said this, I have stored up your word in my heart so that, what? So that I won't sin against you. If I don't have the word of God in my heart to access and to call out. Now, he didn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in him. He had the Holy Spirit upon him as king. But he didn't have that Holy Spirit searching his heart and mind and thought like we do. Do you know that you're more empowered by the Holy Spirit than King David was? And so he's saying, i got to hide this word in my heart so that I will not sin against God. Do you know how to stop sin? How do you stop sin? Here's how you stop sin. Don't do it. Right? It's in the process of temptation that we can stop sin. There's a prayer Jesus taught his disciples and lead us not into temptation. That's where the action needs to start. While we're tempted, that word of God comes and says, No, 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 no. That spirit of the living God says, Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. That's how we avoid sin. We break the power of that temptation. So we hide his word in our heart to protect us and to to stop us and to alert us to the sin that's crouching at our heart's door. Amen? Right. 
And so we've got to hide the Word of our heart. We have got to study the Word of God. It doesn't need to be laborious, and we're going to get into this. This book is amazing as to the type of literature, the type of, of stories, the beauty, the craziness. This, this is better than any movie that's out there. It's a, it's, and we've got to learn how to go into it. All right, Hebrews 4, 12 to 14. For the Word of God is living and active. Who is living and active. The Word of God stands before the throne of God, interceding for us day and night, and He sent His emissary, the Holy Spirit, to dwell in us, the same breath that spoke the Word, released the Word, is now in you, and He is living and active. Has anybody ever started reading the Word of God and it came alive to you? Right? Unsaved people, you tell them to read the Word, they go, this is stupid. This doesn't make any talking snakes and things, stupid stuff. Fairy tales and wizards. It's like, man, you're not, they're dead. They're dead in their trespasses and sin. But you, that word comes alive. I pray for everyone in here. In fact, let's stop right now. Let's pray that. Does anybody need uh, an empowerment, uh, an activation for the word of God to come alive to you? Don't be ashamed. Okay. All right, then stand up. And this is not for shame or embarrassment. I mean, I'll pr- I pray this for myself. But an impartation of an awakening to the Word of God. More living and active than ever before. Okay? All right, let's pray for that. Holy Spirit, we're studying Your Word, which is Jesus. Which, Holy Spirit, You said that you would speak of Jesus, of what you hear from Him. So every activity of what He wants us to receive comes from you, Holy Spirit. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to open our eyes, cut away cataracts, give us new lenses to see the Word of God active and alive, that it would just burst into our soul when we read it we would begin to see a new depth and a new understanding for it. We would be interacting with you on new levels. Father God, remove the blinders. Remove whatever the enemy has put as a veil over our eyes. We cut that off now in Jesus' name. We release it so that we may see the living Word of God active and alive as we read it, as we meditate upon it, And as we study it, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Good. All right, so we've got a word that's alive, it's living, it's active, and the writer of Hebrews says it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, the word for sword here is beretta. It's, it's, It's not one of those big swords, it's more of a knife. What's so important about a two-edged knife? Cuts both ways. This is a pretty sharp knife. Call it a scalpel, if you will. 
Okay, so it can cut. It cuts. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit. What do you think that means? Uh, the, the, the soul is the intellect, emotion, and will. It's basically who we are. Our thought life, our intellectual, what we know, our emotional being, how we feel about everything, and our will, what we decide to do, our action. That's the soul. And what is the spirit man? Yeah, so it's God's spirit come alive in us. The world's spirit is dead. They're dead to Christ, but you've been born again. You have the Spirit of God in you and now dwells in your spirit, man. You now have communication with God, hearing, seeing, and understanding the things of God. And the Word of God will cut deeply between the soulish part of you and the spiritual part of you. Is that necessary? How many of you have issues with your as Paul calls it, the flesh. The flesh has patterns, doesn't it? Our emotional patterns don't always line up with the Spirit of God, do they? I don't feel like doing what He wants me to do today. Right? Yeah. So, this Word of God will cut through between your flesh and the Spirit of God. He goes further and he says, between joints and marrow. What is marrow? It's inside the bone. A joint connects the bones. And the marrow is deep inside. So he's going to cut between what is the soul, what is the normal activity and connection to life, and deep into the marrow of your being, your spirit man. That's where the Word of God can go. How many of you have been corrected, not by any person, but by God, deep in the soul? That's the whole reason you and I are here. I love those experiences. I love those times. It wrecks you, doesn't it? But the revelation and the sense of intimacy with God, I want more marrow experiences with God. Amen? Amen. Now, discerning the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Again, I need my thoughts exposed before I act on them. Holy Spirit can check you and say, don't say that. Don't throw that. Don't do that. Right? How many of us need to be rescued from ourselves? This is what the Word of God does. It corrects, it rebukes, it reproves, and it trains us. And it cuts between what is your flesh and what is your spirit. It's active and alive. And if we're not doing this, it's dormant. <clears throat> We've got to do this. So many of us are waiting for someone to give me a word. Someone give me a prophetic word. Someone show me a sign. When you've got the surgeon living right inside of you. Right? No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. There's no excuse for how we're living, brothers and sisters. 
No excuse. But you don't know how hard I got it. He does. And he's got provision. Amen? All right, we'll conclude with this one. James 1, 22 to 25. So be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Well said. You know in your spirit you can't. But your soul says you can get away with it. That's where that word comes in and says no. Is it all right to deceive other people? Why not? It's lying. Well, then is it all right to deceive yourselves? We don't, we don't seem to have a problem with allowing ourselves to be deceived by ourselves. But we would go, oh, you should not deceive others. So we've got to watch it for ourselves. So we have to be doers of the word, not just hearers. Do you know there's a lot of people who have heard the word of God, they go to a church, they call themselves Christians, but they do not behave, they do not act, they do not manifest the reality of this word. Usually, we don't have as deep a conviction about something if we heard it from someone else, as opposed to hearing it for ourselves. The difference in that, Katrina, I'm glad you brought that up, is and in inner healing and in ministry in people, I've, I've ministered to a lot of people, and from hearing what they have to say, it's real easy for me to say, oh, well, I know what your problem is. You know, you need to do this and this, and the Word of God says that. Mentally, they go, mm-hmm, okay. But they didn't, it didn't have impact. came from me instead of Jesus. The best counselor is not to tell someone what to do, but to find out what Jesus is saying to them. And when the light comes on, when they hear Christ say it, when they realize, I've been doing this myself, they own it. And, and that's what we're talking about, is, is knowing Christ is saying this to us. That's where conviction comes from, doesn't it? I mean, I can... I could yell at you all, the, all day long about where we fail. I can yell at me. But if I've not been convicted by the Holy Spirit, I'm going to keep doing it. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, that law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he'll be blessed in his doing. So, how many of you look, at the, look in the mirror in the morning? How many of you get ready in front of a mirror? I'm hoping more of you are going <laughs> to... I got three people. Oops, I'm spitting. I got three people who are looking in a mirror. <laughs> it's like, wow, all right. You you wake up well. <laughs> all right, so I, I have to share one of my favorite stories. Some of you have heard it, some of you haven't. But for this verse, it's 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 just it comes alive for me. So I don't know, 40 years ago, I used to work at uh no, 35 years ago. 
I used to work at General Motors. And uh, I was a sculptor there and uh, worked in a sculpture studio. And there were only uh, four of us in this small studio. And it was all guys, four guys. So we were quite childish at times. So this one particular day, we were always doing goofy stuff. We hear our boss, maybe that's where we got it from. We hear our boss pounding and nailing, putting something together. And he comes out and he made a little trough out of wood from the back workroom. And he put it on the, on the bench in front of us. And he took out cheesy popcorn. And he ripped it open and put it in. And he went, suey, suey, suey. That's what you say to pigs when you want them to come eat. So like being good employees of our boss, we all came running going <laughs> and started eating. So I stuck my head in there and I started eating it all up, you know, and we're laughing. <laughs> funny, funny, funny. And it was about 10 to 4 and we get a phone call. They need someone to come up from our studio and make a cast of part of a car in, a, in Cadillac Studios. Well, 10 to 4, we leave at 4. I said, you know what, I'll stay behind, I'll do it. And they said, okay, fine. So they all got their coats on and left. So I get everything together that I need, and I go up to the Cadillac Studio, and I'm ready to start making this form. So I go up to some of the people, and I said, well, what do you want, what area do you need? And, and they're like... Over there. And I thought, excuse me, Cadillac Studio. So I go and I prepare the mold and I make it my plaster, quick plaster mold, and trying to talk to people in the studio and go up to different people. How you doing? You know, how's things here? Fine. And they're treating me terribly. And I thought, geez, these people are so stuck up. I can't believe it. So I got the mold off, I put it in, and I take it back, and I go back to an empty studio, and I go get my coat on, end of the day, I'm done, and I still can't get over the way those people were, how rude. And so I get my coat on, I go out to my car, and I sit in my car, and I put the key in the car, and I start it up, and I look at the mirror, and I... <laughs> I was orange powder <laughs> all over my mouth and my face. Can you imagine some slob just showing up with all this stuff? My heart sank. I thought, I am never going in that studio ever again. I felt horrible. And that verse came alive to me. How filthy we must look. But when you go to the Word of God, the mirror, and you see all the junk that's on us and in us, and we go around all day with filth, representing Jesus, and we've got cheesy popcorn all over our face. And that's what James is saying. How can you look into the Word of God that is going to correct and train you in righteousness and reprove you and do nothing about it? Can you imagine if I just went on my way and went home and, and did everything? You know, I, I, who wouldn't want to clean their face up? We've got to stay in the Word of God. We can't embarrass the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We can't misrepresent him. We've got to stay in the word every day. Let it evaluate you. Let it clean you. Let it minister to you so that you be aware that maybe you misspoke. Maybe you had a wrong attitude. Maybe there's something God's trying to adjust. So the word of God is a mirror. Jesus said this, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it or do it. So we've got to do the Word of God. It will sanctify us. It will purify us. It will clean us if we read it and do something about it. And so let's close tonight. This Word of God is so vital to us. It's Jesus. It's the interaction of Jesus with His living Word that came alive and is now breathing in us and it's trying to do an inner work. And we've got to stay in it every day. Let's pray for that conviction, amen? Let's pray for that conviction. I can't pray that on you. It's got to come from within you. Conviction of the Holy Spirit. God, I'm praying that you'll minister to us tonight. I pray that our hearts are just like that baby. Crying out to you, God, we need something. I am not satisfied with my life. I'm not satisfied with the faith. I need more. I want to grow. I want to go deeper. Wash us and clean us. Convict us and reprove us. Train us in all that you have for each one of us. The potential in this house, the potential in each person, each one of you, that God has saved and secured by His Spirit. There's so much potential in you, in righteousness, and what God wants to do with you, in your prayer life, and in touching other people's lives. We've not even begun to move into the realm that God would have us to move. I pray you're so hungry, so yearning that the conviction to study the Word will not relent. I've got to have a Word. Some of you drink coffee more feverishly than you do the Word. Got to have that coffee in the morning. What about the Word? Like the deer that pants for the water. Lord, I am longing for your word. Longing for you. We're a hungry people. 